Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Please remember that all of the information in this podcast episode is limited to general information only. That means the information is not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So you should seek the advice of a licensed and trusted financial professional before acting on the information. And before you acquire or apply for a financial product, please read the PDS or product disclosure statement, which should be available on the issuer's website. Lastly, please keep in mind that past performance is not indicative of future performance. Kate, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. It's good to be back, Owen, and we are talking about something that we get a lot of questions about today, which is personal finance apps, what ones are out there for Australians, and some of the ones that maybe we've tried ourselves or we've had good feedback from from listeners before. Yeah, and it's uh, it's one of those things, I think we covered in like an early question and answer session, and then we um, took the episode offline, and then I think people were like, oh, where'd it go? And uh, now we thought, well, hey, we'll bring it back, mm-hmm. and we've got a heap of cool stuff here. Just a quick note on this: we did not ref- like we did not get referral fees or anything from any one of these um, different apps or services. So um, they're definitely not recommendations or endorsements. We're just sharing with you some cool stuff that we use or that we know um, friends of ours use and uh, find really useful. I-, I think Kate, you've got about ten accounts, maybe twenty with uh, some of these. So um, <laughs> I do the legwork. <laughs> so Kate knows all about it, but um, she's also Kate's also bucketed um, each of the apps for us. Um, so we've got record keeping, uh, budgeting, uh, this kind of miscellaneous category, which sounds kind of spicy. And we've got investing, <laughs> making money sounds fun, and rewards slash discounts. So why don't we jump off with probably the boring one, but probably the important one, Kate? I know you love keeping records. Yeah. So. As mentioned in the past, I am atrocious when it comes to tax time. I have still put off doing my taxes for the last financial year because it's just a mess I don't want to deal with. But um, if you, if I had used the ATO record keeping app, maybe I wouldn't be in the same problem as I am now. So I think, Owen, you mentioned that in the previous episode we did about um, some tips for tax time, but it's, yep. it's just an app created by that. Australian Taxation Office and you can just scan your receipts as you go and keep records during the year and then you can link it just straight to your MyGov accounts, I believe, and mm-hmm. um, have everything inputted straight into your tax return. Yeah, so just, you know, it's good. One, I think it's a good one for tradies too. Um, you know, you can just, everything that you add to it throughout the year, when you go to do your, your tax return, like this is probably really good, not just for tradies, but also for PAYG, people that have a really simple tax return who normally do their own tax return through MyTax. Um, or MyGov or whatever it might be, just um, you can you can link this and then just push it up into your, your your MyGov account, and it all kind of links together and it's really simple. So it doesn't get all it doesn't always get the best reviews, but that could be a function of like user error as much as uh, as much as the app itself. Yeah, so you that's probably pretty good. You want to keep a backup anytime it's for tax. You've got to keep backup records and sort of evidence for everything. So I'd yeah. I'd, Maybe use the app, but also keep a backup folder as well with just sort of all the records you need. Yep, totally. Um, so that's that's the first one. We've got all the links in the show notes, by the way, so you can just go through and click through to the apps that we're talking about. Um, the next one is um, for record keeping as well. It's iScanner or the one that I've been using is CamScanner. So, Kate, I'll let you explain what iScanner does. Yeah, so most of us do not have a scanner anymore, but we still receive paper documents, whether it's a 
you're signing a contract for a new job or you're getting some sort of bank statements in the mail. I know um, some of the chess and the share registry stuff still gets sent in the post. So you may want to keep records of that. So it's really easy just to use one of these apps instead of taking a hundred photos and having your photos out mm-hmm. filled with uh, documents. Um, you can just take a scan on one of these apps and then just sort of save it, email it to yourself, keep a record in your Dropbox. Uh, so it makes it easy down the track. Yeah. So we've been using uh, for our house settlement and applications, we've been using Cam Scanner and just you know, take a photo of something and then it creates a PDF. It might be like multiple pages long um, and it kind of tidies them up a bit. So it's really handy. Um, you can get it on iPhone. I know I'd imagine you get it on Android as well, but both really good apps. So uh, we'll put links in the show notes. Okay. Maybe because we're on a finance podcast, it would be good to talk about budgeting. So kind of some great budgeting apps we've got here, some different things to bring all your money together, but also organize yourself. I know, Kate, you've inspired some of our team to go and download some of these apps and they love them. So um, I'm sure our listeners will as well, especially this first one. Yeah. So um, this is not specifically a budgeting app. It's actually a a bank. Um, But Up Money, I think I mentioned it probably a year ago now. I've been using Mm. it for about two years. Um, So... They, they had Bendigo Bank behind them, so they it's still an authorised deposit-taking institution, um, so your money is protected by a government guarantee uh, as long as you don't have more than 250000 across sort of Bendigo Bank and its subsidiaries. So that's always worth checking. Um, I always recommend checking if any bank you use is an authorised deposit-taking institution, um, and that's that's always just a – you just Google that word and you'll find um, the ASIC or the APRA list online. Um, but this is – not specifically budgeting, but it actually tells you, categorizes everything you spend and it tells you how much you've spent so far that month. So um, for me, that I don't really have a specific budget. Like I don't say I'm only allocating XYZ amount to food. Um, I, I kind of just sort of keep, I pay myself first when I'm saving, but I keep on track using um, up money to see how much have I spent this month? Have I spent way too much in one particular category? Um, So it sort of makes me a little bit more mindful about my spending, which you can easily lose track of when you're just sort of tapping um, or using Apple Pay, which is probably the the worst thing for me when it comes to mindless spending. So you can be, it's just almost like um, a check on yourself, right? Like you can have your budgets and all that sort of stuff, but let's be honest, sometimes things happen. Um, but it would be really easy to look back on, say, the last week or month and be like, you know, maybe I spent too much on, I don't know, Bunnings, at Bunnings. That would probably be a risk of mine. So um, maybe you've spent way too much there. So that might come out of it. You might see that in a different chart or something like that. Is that is that kind of the, the idea? Yeah, yeah. So you can click on Bunnings expenses and you can see all the times you've spent in, at Bunnings historically and how much you've spent at Bunnings and your average Locked. spend at Bunnings. So that could be a little bit interesting for you if you're um, working <laughs> on the home. Yeah, yeah, it'd be very high. That that If I'm just imagining a bar chart and I'm like that would be like the highest one. Um, mm. And how about the next one, Kate? We've talked about this a lot. Um, probably, yeah, then- yeah, we're probably the, the biggest fans, which is Frollo. <laughs> so I, I, quite, I haven't used it that recently because um, it kind of doubled up with up money and it was kind of just duplicating things for me but um frollo pocketbook money brilliant they're all really good apps sort of to categorize um and the finder app as well i've heard some good things about that um Mm. they're all apps that you can use 
um, to set your budget and track your spending as well. So they're they're not banks themselves. They're just you can connect your bank account um, and see where you're spending money and sort of set targets and savings goals and things like that. But a lot of the banks themselves now are starting to introduce features that categorize your spending and mm. allow you to put in savings goals and have sort of um, a little bit more interactions. So I'd, I'd keep an eye on your own bank as well and see what features they're adding so you might not even have to use a third-party app in the future. What's really cool about these though, like we've got Frollo, Pocketbook and Money Brilliant. I think is that you can connect them all so that, um, like so say if you had a Pocketbook account, you can connect if you bank, bank with one bank or another bank and it can put them all in kind of like a dashboard. Now yeah. it could be mistaken, so go and check these out. But Yeah, I, when, I, I, when you, I last used it, you could connect even your investment accounts um so you could see your total net worth with all your debts and um assets and put it all together so you could um get sort of an accurate picture of everything um but then i don't know you've got to think about the security factors i haven't sort of looked at it recently of connecting all of your uh accounts that way yeah i think that's a that's a valid point you bring up is just knowing um i guess how things are encrypted or secured, mm-hmm. what standards they follow. But let's just say hypothetically you could have, you know, your spending with bank one and you could have your pay coming into another account or your mortgage with bank two. Um, it would be mighty handy to have all of them kind of in one dashboard. Um, and then you see shares account there or your ETFs or whatever it might be. It's really, really handy. And one of the things is, again, Kate, you mentioned it, is just making sure these are reputable banks. They are licensed, they are regulated. You know, they have financial services guide they have terms and conditions that are um, registered here in australia they have business names all that type of stuff um but one thing that i might bring up here too is that um just be mindful that um you know with the fees or anything like that you might be paying you don't get ahead of yourself you know you probably only need to have one account you probably don't need to have multiple ones of these so just go and find one that's right for you and, and um, just stick with that maybe rather than having multiple because you end up with multiple subscriptions coming out of your ears um, and it mm. gets a bit overwhelming. Um, another thing too, we will put a link in the show notes for ADIs so you can go and check out and what, what, what Kate meant by authorised deposit taking institution. Um, we've covered it on the show before, but um, again, you should check to make sure that your bank is on that list and you're covered by the deposit guarantee in Australia. Uh, Kate, the next category, which is this, uh, I said might be a bit spicy. Uh, it's kind of like a everything in one kind of thing. Um, this is a uh, miscellaneous category. Yeah. Uh, they've got a few of, different yeah, things in here. Things that didn't. Yeah. So um, there is one app called Credit Health, but there's a lot of websites um, that offer free credit checking services and credit monitoring. So um, I'll see if I can rustle up a few more uh, options, but essentially you can sort of keep track of your credit score and if someone – takes out a loan in your name and it wasn't you and some suddenly your credit score um, alters, that could be a good way to keep on track of any sort of financial fraud as well mm-hmm. um, as checking your credit score. I mean, it seems to be something that people talk about a lot more in the US about what your credit score is and improving your credit score. I mean, there's people over there that their job is to help people improve their credit score, but um, it's definitely something to keep track of. And um, banks are now reporting sort of positive elements as well. So if you're paying things on time every month and paying your electricity bills and things like that, that's reported as well. Um, so it's, it's a good thing to sort of have a look at and keep an eye on. Mm. Yeah, it's 
it's one of those things where you probably don't think about it until you need it. And I had to get my credit uh, score recently. Just to, I, I didn't have to, but I knew when we're going through the mortgage application process that um, you know we probably want to make sure that it's okay yeah. uh, before we did that. So I went went online. I went to the Money Smart website, and then they have links back to some of the sites that you can do it at. Some things like um, a Finder, which you mentioned before. I ended up doing mine through Finder, and um, just ended up you know having a pretty good credit score. The thing about credit scores is it's a funny thing because if you don't have any debt it can be hard to get a good credit score. So you're like, what do I need to do around here? Do I need to go get a credit card just to get my credit score up? Like, what do I need to do? And because I've never been one to have a lot of debt, um, I still had a, like a, I think it was a very good, I think that's the bucket that I fell into. But, um, you know, I, 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 I think it's, it can be hard sometimes if you don't have any credit, how do you get a credit score? So, um, you know, you might want to look at ways to improve that before you go for a mortgage or before you apply for something, but um, definitely don't get a credit card to improve it. That was just a hypothetical. Uh, the next one, which is a pretty cool thing, Kate, and I know they have a lot of this over in the US through things like Venmo and a few other apps and services you can get over there. But here we have something called Beamit, which if I'm not mistaken, yeah. allows you to split bills, instantly send money to friends or whatever. It doesn't matter what bank they're with because it's owned by the big banks. So um, again, this is like um, with all the budgeting apps and, and that the reason that we're able to have these tools in the 21st century is because of something called open banking and this, this push for banks now to be more open and allow consumers to switch quickly to see money being transferred and, and to um, for developers like software developers to go in and create apps and tools and things that allow you to share information securely. And one of these things that it seems to be a result of this is this thing called Beamit. So you could say, if I banked with Commonwealth Bank, I don't, but if I did, um, I could send money to you, Kate, if you hypothetically banked with Westpac and you could see it instantly and you could split a bill or something like that. And this is called Beamit. So Kate, do you, do you use this app? Yeah, I um Whenever I well, pre-COVID, go out with friends. Um, uh, it's easy just to have someone pay for one person pay for the dinner, and then we all just quickly um, transfer money via Beamit. Um, you can create an account, and it's just really easy. You just pay a username instead of a BSB and account number, so you can. Um, it's it mm-hmm. does make things a lot easier. Um, I think I think it was originally created because of the the standoff with Apple about Apple Pay, um, and I think only like Apple was sort of extorting a lot of money to try and see for banks to use Apple Pay. And um, originally I think only ANZ came to the table with Apple to offer that. So mm. um, CBA, NAB and Westpac sort of created their own um, app. So yeah. um, I've seen some even like sole traders, like personal trainers use Beamit. So just as an easy way you can pay on the spot and you know the money's there or there's no sort of taking a photo of a receipt and saying, oh, I have paid you, it'll clear overnight. Um, yeah, here, so, let I mean, me write you a check. <laughs> yeah, a lot of transfers happen quite quickly. Like when I pay people from other banks just through my normal banking system, it arrives same day now. But um, it just really depends on sort of what size the payment. I mean, Beamit does have payment limits, I think, of a, a grand or two. But, um, yeah, I, yeah right. I mean, I haven't used it for sending big amounts. It's more just sort of um, dinners and activities and things like that, just easy to pay someone on the spot and settle it so there's no more IOUs. Yep. Yeah, just write it down on the back of a, um, what do you call it, handkerchief or um, a tissue. Uh, so the next thing is uh, longevity, which is the last one in our miscellaneous category, which is something that I hadn't heard of before until I came 
across it thanks to you, Kate, um, just allows you to, to top up your super. So if you think about all those micro-investing apps, this is kind of the same. Mm. If you're buying a, a, I don't know, like a, a dress or you're buying a T-shirt or you're buying a pair of shoes or whatever whatever it might be, uh, you can round it up a couple of dollars and put it at that extra amount of money into your super fund. Um, it costs $20 a year or around about $20 per year. Um, that's a simple fee just to add a little bit extra. Um, I've got a note here just to say that if you do set this up, just make sure you get your account details correct because once money goes into super, you ain't getting it back. And if you mm. put in the wrong super details, bum, bum, like you're not getting it back. So with all of these things, just make sure you take your time, set it up properly, make sure you have all of your details and it's working before you go and commit a lot of money to them. Yeah, and absolutely you can put money into your super anytime you like, but um, most people don't. So this is a... I guess this app occurred out of that sort of need um, for money to go into your super without thinking about it. So, yeah, you cannot pay $20 and do it yourself. I mean, I've personally add myself to super, but you do need to keep track of that as well if you're claiming any deductions and stuff like that. So um, I guess it's just, yeah, one app that's sort of evolved. You could also, um, to solve that problem, if once you've set up your super account as a I've often I think people pay to their super via BPay. I mean, I that's have, what I, yeah, I do. So I do it up, once, a, once a month. Yeah. Can you set up recurring BPay payments? Yep. Yeah, I did. So I, that's, I think it was recurring BPay or I know I did BPay once, maybe it's direct debit now, but I do, I think it's $20 a week, the equivalent of that. Um, and it goes in every month and then I, I get a notification on my, my super app every time it, um, it goes in. Yeah. So that's something, if you did want to make regular contributions, you could set up, I don't know, a dollar a week going into your super fund um, if you wanted to make small contributions as well. So that's something um, that's another solution as well that you can kind of create on your own. Yep. Cool. Okay. Next bucket is the investing bucket. And we'll try and be a little bit quicker because uh, otherwise we just keep talking forever. Um, So we know that, hey guys, I love your podcast. Just wondering, how do I buy my first uh, share and what if any brokerage account could you recommend to us? And that is the question that we get every week from listeners. It's fantastic. But it's particularly from new listeners who haven't gone back and and maybe listened to all of the episodes, which is totally understandable. We've done a few. But um, Kate, we get a lot of questions from people asking about different brokerage accounts, uh, Australian, US, if I want to buy ETFs, if I'm just starting out, if I'm more advanced, what would you say to them? Yeah, so we can't recommend a particular broker because that would be financial advice. But I usually, to anyone that asks this, I provide a couple of links. The Australian Stock Exchange has a whole list of brokers as well as Finder and Canstar have a comparison service. So I'll include those those links mm. in the show notes. But um, have a look. It's really just about finding something that works for you because like different brokers offer different amounts of service. Some offer more personalized assistance for a higher fee. Uh, some offer better reporting. Um, it depends if you're just going to be buying one thing once a year, you don't really need as many features. Um, or if you want to invest overseas, then only some brokers will be able to provide you with a, a service that can do that. So um, I'll have a look at those links and, and filter through. I definitely look for some of the larger and more well-known brokers. Um, mm-hmm. There's a few yeah. small, smaller ones out there. And make sure you get your own holder identification number. That's one of the H-I-N. most. Yeah. So it'll just, um, it'll be written everywhere as H-I-N. 
um, and make sure you get your own one before you start buying shares because not all brokers offer that. And that is how your holdings are recorded in your personal name and you can move them from any broker. So when shit hits the fan, the shares are in your name. Yep. So keep an eye out for that, the HIN. Um, most of the large brokers, um, most of the large banks have brokerage accounts. Um, a little one that I know and that I've made the switch to recently, and there's no funny business here, I just have made the switch to it, which is self-wealth. Um, I use that for my, I mean, well, I'm starting to use that for my ASX trading. But for international accounts, for those of you that are a bit confused about what Kate or I have said so far, is um, sometimes you need a different account for international shares. Sometimes you don't. So just make sure you know what you're getting. Like if you, if you, if you haven't bought shares before and you want to go out and buy Apple, which is what I wanted to do when I was starting out, um, I got a, I got a CompSec or a CNC Markets account, and I was trying to punch in the the code, and I'm like, it's not coming up. Where is it? And I realized it's because that was for Australian shares, not international shares. And at first, it can be hard to know what's what. But if you go into Google. And you type in a company's share, like just say you did Telstra's share price in Google, you'll see a code come up. It's got ASX, which means Australian Stock Exchange, TLS, which is like the code or the ticker symbol that identifies it. Um, so that tells you what brokerage account you need. You need something that goes on the ASX. But if you typed in Apple share price and it comes up with NASDAQ, that means NASDAQ, um, that would be an international share exchange you need. Uh, broker mm. so you would need one of those but anyway that's that's kind of like a bit of a um, segue into what that discussion would be like a whole different episode um, basically there are a few different ones which we'll name now um, obviously not recommendations so something for you to consider comsec pocket um, comsec is part of commonwealth bank but comsec pocket is kind of like this new thing where it's um, quite cheap to trade etfs only so exchange traded funds which we've covered um, Stake, which is an Australian business that helps people invest in US companies. We've got Raise, which is micro investing. So you can round up um, your everyday purchases and put it into an investing account, usually ETFs. Um, and then we've got Goodman's, which Kate, I'm led to believe is very similar to Raise, except it's kind of focusing on sustainable investments and um, socially conscious investments, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Goodman's is probably more similar to Stake, if anyone has used Stake, um, in terms of you can buy oh, right. fractional fractional US shares, but it does it is focused on that sustainable approach. Um, so they give you uh, sustainability ratings and tell you about sort of the different factors of the company. So I guess it's, it's a different sort of thing to look at. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not personally using any of those ones myself um, just because yeah. I, I just use a brokerage account. Um, but I have mm. tested quite a few of them as well. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I don't use any of those either, but um, there are there are interesting businesses um, and you can go and find out more about them in the show notes. Uh, so there's two other things that we might add or that I've added in here just for like information. So this is not for trading. It's not for, you know, buying or selling or anything like that. This is just for information about the stock market um, and companies. So Stocklight, which is an Australian business, um, you can get an app on your phone and it just you can add things to your watch list and get notified when a company makes an announcement or whatever. Um, and Simply Wall Street, which is probably one of Australia's, in my opinion, one of Australia's biggest success stories in terms of financial technology companies. And most people don't know it's Australian because it says Simply Wall Street in the name, but um, you betcha it's made here in Australia um, by the team in Sydney. Um, so those two platforms, Stocklight and Simply Wall Street, um, both have websites that you can go to and you can learn more about investing, but they also have apps. So they're kind of cool. Um, Kate, the next 
segment that we want to talk about or segment of apps is making money. So people will love to hear about this. Uh, you've got five things, here, uh, four things here, sorry, that um, can help people make a little bit of money here and there. Yeah, so I'm um, probably nothing to change the world, but um, make a little bit of extra cash. Um, I, know. I think we've talked about Airtasker before, but that's that's an oldie but a goodie. Um, I had a look at it the other day, and the the marketplace is still going strong. There's plenty of plenty of jobs in there, even if uh, they're um, a lot of them are virtual. I guess in the, I was looking at Melbourne at the moment, which is. Uh, sounds about right. Um, but yep. anything, like I, I see a lot of people needing help with resumes. Um, there's obviously in other suburbs and states helping with all sorts of hand handiwork around the house, a lot of um, creating, um, putting together IKEA beds, which is uh, something I have, I have helped a friend with an IKEA bed and I would pay a lot of money not to have help that friend <laughs> Yeah, so if you specialize in making IKEA furniture, uh, it's definitely a little bit of a niche. Um, and I'd also have a look at Fiverr because that's probably a more creative platform if you're in yeah. any artistic, design, editing, any sort of freelancing sort of creative thing. Um, you can probably get a little bit of work on Fiverr as well. You probably have to put some sort of work into putting that portfolio together. Um, but I have used, I've personally used um services other people's services on fiverr before so that's worth having a look at um i think australia has freelancer um yeah freelancer.com yep yeah and and there's plenty of them out there so they're just a couple of that i've used recently yeah so these are just things so airtasker you can use for any type of work so you could get uh, let's say you wanted to get um some gardening done you could use airtasker for that or if you want someone to go get the shopping i'm sure there's airtasker for that whereas if you want something like a a logo or if you want someone to i don't know create something or work on something that's a bit more like visual and maybe digital even um that's fiverr so that's where you go for that or even uh, freelance.com or elance or something like that the next one is a little bit outside the box and kate do you like surveys uh sometimes I mean, at at the moment, probably I haven't been doing any, but in the past, I found one of the group's apps that actually pays is Octopus Group. Um, the UI is terrible, but you just do the survey. Mm. And I've actually been paid. Um, so it seems legit enough. Um, so <laughs> if you just Google surveys, you might end up providing a lot of data and not actually not getting paid by anything. So it's worth um, just sort of looking for reviews and making sure they're legitimate. I think there's some others in Australia that are um, legit, like pure profile, um, and there's a few mm. others. I'm, I'm sure people have done videos and podcasts just on survey apps. I mean, it's it's a lot of effort for a small return, but if you're sitting on the couch watching TV anyway, it might be worth just uh yeah, just yeah. having a look. Um, and there's also yeah, another one I haven't used myself. I downloaded the other day, but I saw quite a few people recommending online um, Receipt Jar, which mm. uh, you s- scan all your receipts. So you're, you're giving away your personal spending habits um, and you upload them. And then once you've scanned so many, they give you some money. So I guess yeah, it's, it's a, it's seems a strange one, but um, if you still get receipts from stores, um, yeah, that might be something good to do with them. I think they have to be quite fresh, like within a, a week or two when you upload them. You can't just uh, grab the, the box under the bed and start uploading all your old receipts. <laughs> yeah, I think this is cool because um, 
you know, you can, for something that you're doing anyway, let's say you go out and they ask you, would you like your receipt? You can say yes. You just use the app, take a photo of it and add it to your account. And I, I guess the way that they make money is that they get all of this information, um, which then they can put, you know, they can market to you or they can, you know, build, um, I guess, feedback loops for the, for the um, retailers. And effectively, um, you just upload your, your receipts, you get some kind of like, if you think about it, like app gold, like you just get um, credits in your account, which then you can cash out or you can get as like vouchers or gift cards, I believe. So um, cool little things called Receipt Jar. Um, we've got links in the show notes. Okay, the last bucket, Kate. People have stuck with us for this special part of the podcast, which is rewards and discounts. This is where the uh, the great stuff comes out. So um, the first one is cash rewards. That sounds enticing, Kate. Tell us about it. Yeah, so you can, it's an app and you can also install it in your browser and whenever you're uh, going to shop online, so I guess in some ways you have to be spending money to get some money here, but um, it's always worth looking if you're about to make a purchase online. There's a lot, there's um, there's a few other apps, but you can often get some sort of cash back, maybe like 5% on a purchase you make and it goes into your account once it gets to a certain level, it pays out. So um, mm. I have... Um, I usually have cash rewards in the browser because if you're going to spend the money anyway, you may as well get some sort of discount from it. So um, I think, and, and the another one is Honey, which actually looks for discounts up front. So that's kind of a different, yeah. slightly different approach. Yeah, I like Honey, not just because it's owned by PayPal and I'm a PayPal shareholder, but because, <laughs> but because Honey is just something you can install in your Chrome browser. I'm looking at it right now as we record this um, and it's, uh, it's really cool because if you shop at like most of the big name retailers um, online, it will just automatically say, "Hey, there's a there might be a Honey um, coupon code that is available on the internet. Did you want us to look for it?" And then you're like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And then on the checkout page, it kind of like automatically refreshes with the new price. So you might just be sitting there, and it costs nothing. By the way, it's just a crazy thing. Mm. You might you might just be sitting there, and then you're like. Oh yeah, I click the button, whatever. And then you get 10 or 20% off. And it's just like, what? Where did that come from? It's like free money. Um, so it's such a cool thing. And at the moment, I just looked on it this morning and it's got KO, so that's sporting channel. It's owned by Foxtel, I believe. And it's got RSVP. So you can get your sporting and your dating all in one on a discount. So check it out, folks. Um, super cool. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty um, much all that old need where you used to Google like, oh, what's a coupon code for this? Like when I tried HelloFresh a few months ago um, at the start of the lockdown, um, I just needed something to change it up. And I knew that HelloFresh market like crazy. So I just Googled for um, different um, coupon codes and I found they all come up like straight away on Google. And I tried a few out, found the best uh, fe- found the best deal. So um, <laughs> yeah, so like always you, worth you can be like Kate or you can let Honey do it for you and uh, I can go and find the Honey. I'm sure, that would um, problem yeah totally um there's one more that i want to get to which is uh, something that i've mentioned i think here when i was doing a speaking thing um which is eat club um an eat club australian app um i know it's available in the major cities melbourne sydney uh i think it's in perth it's in most of the major cities and in and around the cbds like the kind of metropolitan areas and um effectively it's free and if you're eating out at restaurants or cafes or whatever it'll just show you on the map where there's like a discount and it's last minute deals. And it's, and when I say it's last minute deals, it's like ridiculous. So you might get, um, 
in a good way, ridiculous in a good way, you might get like 40% off for the next six hours um, at your favorite local cafe. And it just pops up and it's like, hey, it's like 40% off for the next six hours. Why don't you go over and check it out? And this is super cool because it prompts you with things that you probably wouldn't go to but get really high reviews or ratings. So it's free for you. You just punch in a time. You say, yeah, I'm going to be there in the next six hours. And you go down and you say, hey, to the person behind them, you say, hey, I've got this app. And you just show it to them. You show them like your number. And it just takes a huge amount off your bill. It's really, really cool. So that's called Eat Club. Uh, mm-hmm. Go and check it out. I mean, before Corona, I've used that in Richmond. I think we pretty much got two meals for the price of one. So, um, and mm. it was, yeah, really nice places available on the app. So it's worth having a look at that one. Um, and I think the last one I wanted to mention uh, is Stocard. Um, I think Apple Wallet kind of does a similar thing now, but essentially, mm. instead of carrying around 101 membership cards in your pocket for your Nespresso loyalty card and things like that. You can just scan them all um, into the app. Um, It's more like it reads the barcode and so it sort of creates that virtual card for you and membership cards, loyalty cards, and so you don't have to carry them around and uh, you can Mm. uh, whip out your membership card whenever you get to a store instead of having them have to look up your username and your address and your password and stuff like that. So basically, you could have all of your membership cards in one. So this app is not necessarily about saving you money on all the stores. It's more about putting all of your cards in one so that those things can save you money um, in that way. It yeah. kind of is pretty cool. Yeah, like if you spend enough at a store, sometimes the membership card get, or the loyalty card gets you some sort of deal or free thing after a while. I mean, I that's personally happens to me with Timix because I'm addicted. Uh, <laughs> so every sort of handful of books I buy, I get a, enough to buy a free one. So it's worth yeah. using the card if you use a store a lot. Yeah, cool. I think I need one of those for like pet stock or pet bun because I seem to spend a lot of money there. Um, okay, so these let's just let's just do a little bit of fun here. Let's say that you track all of your your um, I don't know receipts with ATO app. So you don't even have to worry about sending all your receipts to the accountant. It just uploads there. That might save you a couple hundred dollars a year. And then you use something like Up Money or one of these other like Frollo, Pocketbook, whatever, to combine all your money in one place and get a pretty good interest rate. That might save you a couple hundred dollars a year. Then you go to this mini- uh, miscellaneous category and you get your credit scores. So you know, no one's doing a dodgy. That could save you untold amounts of money. Um, and you can beam your money to your friends when you go out for dinner with the Beamit app. Then you get your investing account and you might find it's Comsec Pocket, Self Wealth. It's one of these, it's Stake, it's Raise, it's whatever. You might say... Whereas all the suckers are paying like 20 bucks or 30 bucks for a trade, you're paying like five or 10 bucks. That's pretty cool. That might save you $400 a year. Then you want to make a little bit of money. So you're willing to do a little bit of work on Airtasker. You know, that's made you three or $400 a year. Uh, you got your receipt jar, which you just keep all your receipts on. There's 50 bucks a year. And then you come down to your cash rewards and discounts bucket and you've got Honey installed because you want to get on KO and RSVP tonight. So, hey, you've just saved 50 bucks. And you've got eClub, so every time you go out, you're saving 40 or 50 bucks. Kate, I think we've just saved our listeners like a few thousand dollars a year. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I feel like, come on, people, get around this. Yeah, and this, I, is, this is just the little stuff. It's to make your life a bit easier with these apps. Yeah. And, and then this is, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Then we've got all the mortgage stuff, the superannuation stuff, the, uh, the personal finance stuff, the insurance stuff. Like, oh, my God, the Australian Finance Podcast is serving up the goods today, Kate, I tell you what. I don't know where you get your energy from, Owen. 
<laughs> well, it's a Monday morning, Kate, before 9am, people. So you've got to get up and about. The week is ahead. Yeah. Kate. Well, um, definitely if you have any other apps to recommend um, or for, to recommend to the listeners, definitely send them our way and um, we'll share them in a if we do one of these in the future or just during the podcast because um, it's always good to find an app that works really well and just does what it says it will. Yeah, I, uh, I love it. So saving money is just actually, you know, everyone knows this, I think, that listens to the show, but, you know, a dollar saved is worth more than a dollar made. So there's no tax paid when you save a dollar. So uh, you save an extra 30 cents if you're like uh, me or more. So, um, you know, these are not just little gimmick things. They're actually really important things, particularly with e-commerce, um, things like honey, um, cash rewards, etc. cetera, are going to save you a lot of money. So, um, yeah, go and check them out. Kate, um, if people do want to reach out to us, how can they do that? How can they reach out to you? You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at HowToMoneyAUS or on www.HowToMoney.online. Oh, Jesus, it's a bit of like a flow to that now. Um, And and you can send us questions or talking points as well, not just like app recommendations. So you can find me at Owen Rask uh, on Twitter, at Owen Rask, you on Insta, and podcast at rask.com.au. That's podcast at rask.com.au for any questions or um, unusually long things that you might want to send that's not through social media. Cool, Kate. As always, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening. 